four students are about to learn. Whoever you think I am. Their teacher's terrifying secret. Who is that? My brother. Michael! Critics call Halloween H2O sensational. <laughs> Smart and nonstop scary. Jamie Lee Curtis makes a triumphant return. Finally, a sequel lives up to the original Halloween H2O. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 108 of the Seat Struck Movie Podcast. My name is John, and joining me today is my lovely co-host, Simon. Hey, hey. Today is a fun day. It's uh, October 29th. It's, we're, we're getting closer to Halloween. I guess uh, I guess three more days, well, two more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock, if I was, uh, if we were talking the third movie uh, but you know because it's halloween coming up uh we of course last year uh we ran through most of the halloween sequels uh i guess you could call it the cult of thorn trilogy the four five and six we talked about those ones um thought you know um for the season and you know dropping this around halloween maybe this might drop exactly on halloween um talking uh, a pretty seminal film. Uh, I know for myself, we could talk a little bit about it, I guess. Uh, Halloween H2O, or I guess the, the full title, Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Um, this one came out in 1998. Um, for myself, I, I remember this one was interesting because this was the first Halloween movie that I remember coming out in my lifetime. Like I vividly remember as a kid, all the ads and posters and trailers for this movie. And um, this was around the same time as Scream, and this is by Dimension Studios, so it's very much kind of the same vibe of a movie. Um, of course, the idea behind this movie is that, um, and I'll, we'll talk a little bit about more once we get into the into the discussion. But um, this one is um, ignoring most of the sequels. Of course, Halloween Three is very much its own thing. Season of the Witch, uh, Four, Five, and Six. It's ignoring Four, Five, and Six. It's only considering Halloween One and Two canon. So this is a direct sequel to Halloween 2, uh, taking place 20 years later, following a uh, post-traumatic Laurie Strode, who's taken a new identity and uh, has faked her death, and she's gone into hiding from her murderous brother, Michael Myers, who we last saw getting literally exploded in hospital with <laughs> Loomis and everyone. Um, she's not sure. She still doesn't, she just doesn't believe that he's, he's dead. So every Halloween um, causes a lot of anxiety for her. She has a young, young son, uh, named John Tate, played by uh, Josh Hartnett, a very 90s cast of kids. Um, and she works in this private boarding school in California. I don't want to get too much into details now, but I did find it funny because Halloween, the original, takes place in Haddonfield, Illinois, but yes. was filmed in Pasadena. And this one actually is taking place in California, so That's the setting is a little bit more appropriate uh, for, for the vibe. Um, but perhaps maybe uh, Michael Myers isn't as dead as you may think. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, He's a uh, he is dead at the start of this movie, yeah. Because the start of it, it's the nurse at the Loomis home, and that's sort of the opening sequence, which actually okay. was really fun too. Because it's got a young Joseph Gordon Levitt and and, and I think yes. uh, Jamie Kennedy as well too. And they're oh, it's really? a bit of like a it's a bit of red herring because you think you see I saw them and I thought oh they're going to be like important characters in the movie and like nope yeah. they're they're chopped off right at the start. Uh, ice skate to the head. Yeah. What was your first experience with this movie? Like, do you remember seeing it when it came out? I know there was a lot no, of I, marketing for it. You know, I, I think I had seen every Halloween movie except for this one and maybe the one after it. So uh, this was the first watch for me uh, last oh. night. So yeah, uh, same actually. I seen clips of it. I think before on TV. And again, this came out when I was a kid, so I didn't I didn't see it when I was very young. Uh, but this was actually as you same with you. This was my first 
full watch of this movie. Um, so I guess we can come back to it. But uh, before we do, I want to just quickly go over uh, some news of the week items. Uh, got some new releases to talk about. Um, the first one is a A24 film. Um, a bit atypical from the A24 slate, because when you think A24, you think like elevated horror. You think like slower dramas, art films. Right. Uh, this one's a musical. It's called Dick's the Musical. I believe it <laughs> premiered at uh, Toronto International Film Festival. It's a comedy about, uh, I, from what I understand, it's about a bunch of guys who like are kind of like playboy types. And it's uh, very, it's very satirical of like kind of male chauvinism but um looks pretty funny again it looks very different from what a24 normally does and actually recently um there was a news article that uh that that's that uh, production company the distribution company 24 is they're they're moving towards more um i guess franchise stuff you know they, they've gotten quite big and of course with the success last year of everything everywhere all at once which wasn't considered like you know a high budget blockbuster movie but yeah. kind of became that um they, they're they're moving more towards that kind of stuff so um, bit of a bit of a change for them. Um, another another new release, and I think you might have seen this. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, uh, have you had a chance to roll off that yet? My, my son is a Five Nights at Freddy's maniac, and we're, we're actually going tonight. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, we'll see it in the big screen, even though it's on Peacock right now. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. So it debuted on Peacock in the states, but it's still. Uh, yeah, it's so weird because here in Canada we don't have Peacock. Like we have a few different streaming services. Like we don't have we don't have. Uh, HBO, we have Crave, and it's kind of like the Bell Canada version with HBO and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so I don't think we actually get Five Nights at Freddy's streaming day one. At least I don't think so. So it kind of in, it's more of an incentive to go to the theater, I guess. So um, it's kind of cool. Um, for I guess for our older listeners who don't know Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, they're like these little horror games. Um, the first, it, it's become a whole series of, of, of video games. I think they made what like four or five of them. Yeah. Maybe I'm even. Maybe um, six or seven. I, maybe I even more. Yeah, I they they started off as like a mobile slash uh, browser based. Uh, you kind of control like different cameras around this, like basically like an abandoned like Chuck E. Cheese type place. Um, and it's pretty. You've probably seen the clips on YouTube. Very very popular with streamers. I think of like um, all those like popular like uh, um, I guess North Lion or like PewDiePie. Those types really gained fame playing these games because you know the scares come through like sudden shocking scares that really like, you know, if you're playing really concentrating, really gets you. Um, yeah. I, I'm, and there's a lore involved, right? Like, I guess you might know it because you with your son, there's like a lore and like storyline that like continues to these games. He's reading the graphic novels right now. Um, yeah. This is how deep it gets. <laughs> I, I watched him play on TV uh, on a big TV here at home from the PC and uh, there's a couple of jump scares that have gotten me. I get into it pretty good. So it's it's pretty fun. But, you know, it's, as far as a game, it's not really my Certainly, yeah. to play. But uh, the whole lore behind it's pretty fun. Um, if you uh, – this was done earlier, Willie's Wonderland with Nick Cave. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a takeoff on that as well. Yes, yeah, certainly. That was a good one, too. Um, another new one, I'm going to mention it when I talk about what I watched. Uh, but uh, on Halloween this year, there's a new Hell House movie, Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael Manor. Um, so that one's coming out. It's going to be dropping on Shutter on Halloween. So if you're looking for a movie to watch, if you like oh. found footage, if you like those Hell House films, that one's going to be coming out very soon. A um, couple other notes I want to mention as well, too. Um, there was an article uh, in Deadline. I think I'll put the notes in, in the show notes if you're listening on your phone, Spotify. Go to the show notes. You'll see the URLs. 
Um, there was an article about a new documentary that Daniel Radcliffe is making. Um, I think he's, I think he's producing it um, about his stunt double who uh, was actually in a terrible accident and left paralyzed uh, while filming uh, one of the Deathly Hallows uh, films. Um, and so um, it was a horrible accident um, and he decided to kind of make a video, make a movie, you know, talking, I guess, I guess it's going to go into kind of his relationship with this man and, and sort of the events. And I think it's important too, because it's shining a light on, um, the people who do a lot of the the grunt work in these films, I feel like every year or two we hear about a really horrible accident or tragedy. Um, I think recently one was like on The Walking Dead. There was a there was someone who was killed, and, and you know this isn't uncommon in movies to this day. Certainly, wow. you know it's not like the 1920s and 30s when like 50 people or you know these big productions where people would die uh, and it would get swept under the rug. Uh, but like it's still very dangerous to film a lot of these stunts and and and, and things. Mm. So. Um, it's really interesting to kind of shine a spotlight on that. Um, reminds me of a movie. I can't remember the name. I think it's called like Kung Fu Stuntman. It's about um, the actual stuntmen who worked on like the classic kind of Hong Kong Kung Fu films um, who don't really get the glamour of the stars, but a lot of them have been working as stuntmen for decades. And, and he talks about like the injuries they've suffered and stuff. And it's, you know, really fascinating. So be interested to check that one out. Um Another one as well, too, uh, a recent death was uh, Richard Roundtree, the actor. Um, yes. And that was uh, that was pretty, pretty shocking, notably in Shaft, of, uh, Shaft, of course, um, and a lot of other uh, classic films. Uh, I was at my mom's for a cookout yesterday and she's got the 70s station on on Siri and they're playing Shaft. And I'm like, everybody pour it out for Richard Roundtree. <laughs> no one knew what I was talking about. I'm like, why? It's a bad like, mother. Yeah. Shut your mouth. I'm like, Isaac Hayes, King of New York, now ain't number one. Not a lot of black exploitation heads in this party. <laughs> no, one, no one knew what the hell I was talking about. I had to explain it all. <laughs> and uh and another uh as of yesterday rest in peace uh beloved ottawa icon uh and you know mostly known for television but wasn't some movies uh matthew perry passing away yesterday oh uh, very sudden um very it's tragic mall also yeah Wait, did, she, did she did she pass away too uh both from night court yeah richard was a richard mall yeah, 80. oh, that's right mitchard ball passed away oh my god yeah we had a bunch just like in the last day or two they always come um, in threes that's what they say, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I did want to mention Matthew Perry because, again, um, being from Ottawa, he was oh. uh, one of the few like Ottawa celebrities and like someone who would actually like, rep the city and come back. And so, um, I, I was, I, I gotta admit, I, I'm not a friends guy, I never grew up liking friends. Like, yeah. I've seen it on TV, I've had friends, no pun intended, I had friends who <laughs> were really into the show, had the DVDs, and I was like, whatever. But like, um, I always liked Matthew Perry, just Chandler, I always thought he was like the funniest of the, of the characters. Um, and I always liked him as a person. He seemed like really just like down to earth. He had a kind of a really tough uh, life. I remember hearing that I think he was in a terrible accident. That's how he got kind of into painkillers and drugs. And uh, But in recent years, he'd been sober and healthy. And of course, he was at that friend's reunion. I think I think they they aired a year or two ago. Um, it was very emotional for him. So um, really unfortunate, really tragic. So rest in peace to him uh, and Richard Mall as well, too. Um uh, what else uh, news-wise? I think that's pretty much most of it. I did put a note here. Uh, There's an article in Deadline uh, written by Fran Drescher about the 100 days of the um, the actor's strike. Of course, you might know the Writers Guild strike uh, ended. The the actors, this the, the Screen uh, Actors Guild is still on strike. So um, I'll put the, the article in the show notes. goes over sort of where they're at right now. Um, you know, there's, there's some hope that, you know, now with the writers uh, strike over, 
um, there's going to be more pressure to get the actors uh, guild, uh, you know, getting that issue settled. So we'll see. Um, and I guess before we wrap and get to Halloween, wanted to again because it's the October season. Wanted to ask you if you've been watching any spooky movies. Uh, have you watched anything spooky in the last uh, week or so? Um, uh, not really. I think Halloween was the first one I watched all week that was scary. Uh, I have I've been I've been trying to watch Halloween movies, trying to catch up on certain ones, but. I don't think I watched a whole lot this week. What about you? I, I watched uh, quite a bit. I was uh, last week. I was in New York City, so I it was me and my wife's uh, one year anniversary. So we uh, did a belated honeymoon to New York. Uh, did a whole bunch of stuff, but on the plate, I wanted to make sure we were going to watch movies. And you know, New York <laughs> outside of LA is like the movie capital of America. Tons of theaters where you could see tons of classic sure. great films at all hours. So I um, was really excited. We uh, I set up and bought tickets for a bunch of 35 millimeter screenings because at least here in Ottawa, we don't get 35 millimeter screenings that often anymore. It seems to be mostly in like the big cities like New York, Toronto, LA, stuff like that, where, they, where you get them with regularity. Um, so the first one we went to, we went to the Anthology Film Archives. Um, I believe it's in the Lower East Side. I might be wrong. Um, we went there uh, for a screening of The Thing. Um, really cool seeing it on film. Love that movie. We've already talked about it on the pod before. Oh, yeah. Five out of five, great movie. Uh, it's it's just a great a great film to watch. Um, also really funny too. I feel like people underrate how funny the thing is. Like there's a lot of really funny gags and like I I, I can't remember his name, but the guy who's tied up in the chair. Or he's uh -huh. just like, I don't want to spend the last day of my life tied up in this fucking chair. And like his, <laughs> his frustration is just so, it's so funny. Uh -huh. It just kind of cuts the horror. Um, but a, a really great film. Great to see it on film. I will say um, the anthology film archive is a really great spot. Um, they had tons of like um, zines out and stuff, pamphlets, like information about uh, events that are going on. And they, they, they do a lot of like restoration work and stuff. So uh, it was really cool to go there. Um also rolled out, rolled out to uh, the Roxy Cinema um, down in Tribeca. That was a cool spot because I didn't realize it, but the Roxy Cinema is actually a combination hotel and cinema. So there's a big building called the Roxy and there's a swanky hotel there. There's like a beautiful, they have like a jazz club and a whole bunch of shit going on. And then I was like, well, where's the, the movie theater? And it's like, you go to the elevator, you go downstairs and that's where the cinema is. And we saw The Shining on, on 35. That was awesome. Oh, too. I, cool. I had, I hadn't watched The Shining actually in a while. Um, so it was kind of fun to come back to it after some time. Um, obviously, another classic movie. I love, I mean, Jack Nicholson's so great in the movie. I love how much of a piece of shit he is. Like, <laughs> even from the start, like the total disdain he has for his like wife and child is just so funny. Um, <laughs> it, another movie that I think there's a little bit of like, I don't know, maybe it was just a crowd, but people were kind of laughing a bit because some, some of the lines are just are, are killer. Um, but yeah, a, a great movie and just the, the music and it's phenomenal. Um, I don't know if they had like the digital audio or whatever, but it was so loud. Like it was so um, really, really got into it. Um, we also rolled out to the IFC Center. Um, that's the, I believe the cinema owned by uh, AMC who run, owns like IFC and Shutter and all that. Um, really great spot. We saw um, The Shining, or sorry, we saw The Exorcist, um, which was cool, but they had some project projection issues. So like maybe like halfway through uh, the, the the film like tour and they had to like restart, well, not restart it, but they had to like, we had to take like a five minute remission. They had to fix it. Same issue happened again, like five minutes later. Oh, Worked wow. okay. And then it got to the last 10 minutes happened again. They actually just gave up and switched to the digital uh, prints, which was kind of a bummer, but at least we got through most of the movie. Uh, so that was kind of, that was cool. Well, you, you saw some classics. 
Oh man, I was yeah, because I figured you know it's October Halloween. My my mindset was there's gonna be a bunch of horror stuff showing, so can't go wrong. So it's kind of cool to see all those heavy hitters. And I actually really enjoyed coming back to The Exorcist. I remember when we talked about it on the pod way back in the day. I think it was like one of our earliest episodes. I actually didn't like The Exorcist that much. And I st- it's still not my favorite freaking movie, but um, I-, I did appreciate it more. I actually like really enjoyed it, especially like Ellen Bernstein's uh, role in the movie and like her relationship with uh, with uh, with Regan. And, and like the- I really liked, liked that character dynamic and like the two women and kind of this terror that's just like, fallen on this family um i really enjoyed it i actually like liked it a lot more than i did i don't know what it was maybe the last time i watched it, the mindset i just wasn't into it um it doesn't help that it's like always been described as like the scariest movie of all time by baby boomers and then you watch it you're like all right i'm not catholic or anything so it doesn't really affect me but i imagine if you grew up very religious and especially if you grew up catholic it maybe it hits you harder so um, and you know, there's something scary... in the air in the 70s maybe yeah as a kid when i watched it in like 1980 or something now that shit was scary legit yeah. but things have changed our our, our it takes more to scare us now it takes it's more to sensitize yeah yes exactly um, and then what was cool was we went back uh, on our last day in new york we went back to the ifc center for an exclusive uh premiere of the new hell house movie so the director was there uh, Stephen Cogbetti, oh, cool. all the cast was there all the stars the glitz and glamour it was <laughs> cool because the movie isn't even out yet so we got to see it basically a week in a bit um, in advance are you, are you um, allowed to say what your thoughts on it i think so because i wrote a letterbox review and i noticed that it is no longer uh it was it was wasn't posted and now it is so i think the embargo's cleared so i'll just i guess i'll talk about it real briefly you know i'm doing i'm doing seat struck journalism here yes. um i thought it was good I, I i didn't like hell house two and three that much i i thought especially three i i really didn't like i thought it was kind of like the i think when i watched it, i described it as like the sh- the the silent night deadly night two of the series because it's half <laughs> the movie is just the the first movie it's like here's a clip of the first it's just like all the scenes recycled Garbage and it's like day. yeah <laughs> but it's like you're like i'm watching the whole movie again like it's just recycling everything it's yeah, flashback yeah but um this one's cool because it's sort of like doing its own thing it's a group of filmmakers going to this um house owned owned by this like totally separate family um, where paranormal stuff happens. And I I mean, I guess I won't spoil too much because again, uh, you haven't even watched it yet, but um, you might be thinking, okay, so this is a spinoff of Hell House. Um, let's just say there is more of a connection to Hell House than you'd think. Um, so some of the stuff from the Abaddon Hotel or whatever it was does tie into this. There's some certain characters that appear. Um, and I actually thought the horror was really good. There was some parts of it that really reminded me of like, felt very deferential to like Blair Witch Project and stuff, which I really liked. Um, I kind of like the like cosmic kind of, primordial evil like this the uh, an environment is like an evil force i really like that kind of horror so i i liked it in this one i thought they did a pretty good job is it the greatest movie ever probably not but um i would say i liked it a bit more than the second and third one so i don't know if i liked it more than the first one maybe maybe i maybe i did i'd probably put it in the same tiers so um would say folks if you haven't watched it yet um it's probably coming out when you hear this check it out and that uh takes us then to halloween h2o or halloween water as i always kind of thought growing <laughs> yeah. up because i thought the title always I, I was joking with my wife because she was like halloween water like what like is this is this michael myers in the ocean or something i'm like no, yeah, that was my girlfriend too i had to explain <laughs> it to her <laughs> and it's so funny too because i remember as a kid when this was when this was coming out and it was you know the big the big hype was 20 years later 20 years after the 1978 classic i remember as a kid being like wow 20 years that's such a long time 
And I'm like, wow, like Jamie Lee Curtis, she's so old now. And I'm like, we're now farther away from this movie than like the original was to this. Like it's we're now 25 <laughs> years from this movie. And I'm like, okay, now she actually is old. She doesn't look old in this movie. In fact, she looks pretty fucking young. Uh, yeah, she just, does. Josh Hartnett looks like maybe five years younger than her. It's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, this was this was also my first time watching it. Um, I got to say, I, I thought it was an interesting film. It was very much a kind of return to the Halloween one and two style of horror um, where, you know, Michael Myers is very much kind of like a periphery character. Um, and there's no lore and stuff like that. No paranormal stuff. It's very much kind of a return to basics movie. Um, and again, focusing a lot on uh, Laurie Strode's character. Um, and I got to say, I thought I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was really good in this movie. I thought she was really like gave a good, strong emotional performance. And and it's kind of funny. I was reading somewhere on Letterboxd. Someone was talking about this movie. I think they had written a review on it right after the the most recent trilogy when the, with, with the Halloween 2018 came out. And, you know, when, when Halloween 2018 came out, there was a lot of marketing about you know, this is a movie about trauma and overcoming the past. And, you know, finally there's a Halloween movie talking about this and it's like, well, actually this movie is pretty much about that too. And it came out like, you know, 10 years prior or 20 years prior and it didn't really get the same uh, attention it seems, but uh, you know, this movie is very much based on, uh, you know, Laurie Strode playing this school uh, headmistress, I guess, uh, Carrie Tate, um, who's, uh, you know, she's dealing with like alcoholism and, um, has all this trauma and PTSD through what she's gone through. Um, and, and I thought that was pretty, pretty uh, captivating stuff. And I really enjoyed the cast in this too. Like the nineties kids were great. Uh, Josh Hartnett was pretty fun to see. LL uh, Cool J. L oh man, LL Cool J. There, the LL Cool J had a run, you know, he had this one, I think deep blue sea was the same year or year after, I think. Sure. Um, it was all like, you know, America had LL G Cool J fever. It seemed um, yeah, he's in this. <laughs> And I really, really enjoyed. Uh, there's a cameo by um, by Janet Lee, who of course uh, is also um, Jamie Lee Curtis's real life mother. Uh, she has a cameo playing uh, Norma Watson, uh, where she where she talks to. And it's a really like that scene where she's talking with Norma is like it's got so much like psycho references going on. Like, like her name being Norma. I think it's even the same psycho car that she drives in that movie in that scene. Um, there's a lot of other nods. I think there's even like a musical like leitmotif nod to psycho in that moment oh, too. It was wow. a lot of like it was really fun i gotta say like this movie's got like kind of like a bad reputation but i had some fun with it i actually kind of liked it, it, it's it's a really dark movie too i don't know about you thought but i thought it was like really like hard to see the beginning like it was really like yes dark yeah. and fuzzy and like at the, at the start of the movie i kind of didn't like it i'm like this movie's so underlit like what the hell but as it went on i kind of really appreciated it because it was like it felt very like mysterious and like I, I it was hard to see what was even going on and like it helped as the, the horror of it kind of built toward especially that final sequence um it was really fun to watch uh what, what did you think about it uh i i actually enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i did uh, a lot of the halloween movies kind of fall flat for me these days i'm just not into slashers but mm -hmm. jimmy lee curtis is just a gem and yeah. you know when she's on screen, you just you, you pay attention because she's just fantastic. Um, uh, I guess we can give spoilers for thirty old. 30 oh old yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked the, the the very end when she chops his head off. I thought I was uh, I was surprised on that. Uh, I like. Oh that yeah, one. that was great. That was great. We even got to get the severed head and everything. And you 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 didn't know what was going to happen. He's he's pinned to a he's pinned to a tree in a car. And she, he's reaching out to her, 
and she's reaching out to him with hand hand to hand and you think they're gonna like embrace and maybe like i don't know like come to terms with whatever before he dies no she pulls the axe out cuts his head off clean off too (laughs) it was great yeah Um, yeah i didn't like the michael mask though and the mask was not great oh no and the hair looked like looked like doll hair or something like that (laughs) yeah i always love the variation like not so much with like freddie because freddie's always robert england but you watch like the friday movies and you watch these halloweens and i love the differences of the actors who play the characters like you know in halloween the first one it's dick castle and he's you know he's a pretty pretty good presence in the movie but then you have uh i think it's like our or it's Nick Castle, sorry. It's like Dick Warlock in the second one. He's like stubbier, shorter. He's like uh, a little stocky guy. And then yeah, Nick Castle's uh, pretty tall, actually. And right? then uh, I think yeah, I think it, yeah, he's he's quite quite tall. Um, and then in the in the sixth movie, it, the return of Michael Myers Revenge. I always mix them up, but it's a fucking like he looks like Kane Hodder. He's just like brooding this beast of a man. And I always <laughs> find that interesting and in how that plays into it. Um, I, I don't remember who the actor who plays. Uh, my, I think Chris Durand. I don't really know him too well, but I, I think he's a pretty good uh, performer in this. Um, but I do think the movie suffers a bit because there's very little Michael. And like, it was that great opening, that cold open uh, before the credits, which was f- awesome with, uh, you know, the kill, the kill at the at the Loomis house. I guess mm-hmm. the, the story is like um, Loomis uh, has been like studying Michael Myers and this nurse is living there. And now it's Halloween 20 years later and Michael comes back to the house, kills the nurse and the kids next door. And then we find out he's going to California to to find Lori because he wants to find his sister. Um, and uh, I, I I I I liked that cold open sequence, but there was there wasn't a lot of Michael after that, and there was like a lot of like fake out stuff, uh, like, like, a, like out in the bathroom. Yeah, well, what was up with the bathroom? That was that, stupid. I wonder about that because again, this is my first time watching, but there's a there's a much gorier version of that in 2018 Halloween. So I kind of wonder if that was actually like. <laughs> A did call that, to did, this because that it was lady very similar. and her daughter get killed at all? I don't know. No, he just stole her car. <laughs> the little, they just stole stranded. her car. And well, I guess not them. stranded. They could use the other car, but yeah, yeah he took, that the, was, took that the ride. Lame. And I didn't like the car that he took. It's like well, they're driving this like jalopy. Her, I don't know what kind of car that is. It looks like it looks the ugliest fucking truck jalopy thing. Oh, it, it was like it was like the psycho truck from Jeepers Creepers. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, the looked... most evil looking truck I can. <laughs> that was comical. Um, <laughs> yeah, most of this, of course, takes place at the academy. I, if I was if I was like smart, I would have written down all the names of these places. But they're at this school. It's a very like gated, um, and it's it's really cool too. I think the setting's interesting because it has like a very gothic feel. It almost feels a little bit like giallo inspired, especially with like the darkness and the and the colors and the final act. Um, so I really like the setting, and everyone's all dressed up in uniforms. It's it's pretty. It's got a pretty cool vibe to it. Um, and I, I will also note. Uh, directed by Steve Miner, who um, isn't known as like an auteur or anything, but um, for what it's worth, he did direct my favorite of the Friday the 13th movies. He directed part two and he also directed part three, I believe. Um, And he's like a kind of a journeyman uh, director, did some did a lot of horror, but also has done in more recent years, a lot of TV stuff. And, uh, you know, he's not an auteur. He comes from the kind of Wes Craven, Sean Cunningham director tree, I guess. I think he worked uh, as a part of the crew on last house on the left. And then of course worked on the first Friday, the 13th movie under Sean Cunningham. Um, but uh, it's, it's fun watching his movie. Cause I, I kind of felt like I was watching like an eighties movie a bit. Like it has a like, kind of a vibe to it. Like there's a lot of 
just characters like chatting with each other and like you know just building those little connections and it doesn't you know this is coming out at the same time as scream and i know what you did last summer and it feels like so much earlier than those movies those movies feel so much more current and yes. um they're really meta and, and they're just they're changing a lot of the tropes around horror and they're and they're very very self-aware almost to a fault about the tropes of horror and this one is just being kind of earnest and straight and, and doing halloween and and i kind of like that actually about it I, it felt like um Kind of, kind of timeless a little bit, even though it has the same kind of visual kind of feel. It, it felt very timeless. I like the there was a scene there where uh, he's busting into the school, and Laurie shuts the door just in time. And there's a scene where she's looking at Michael Myers right in the eyes through the glass on the door, and then oh yeah, he reaches down shot. to get her pistol to shoot him in the face, and he's gone. No, that was a pretty good. That was a pretty good scene. They're eye to eye there for a second. And yeah, that that scene, that shot, all the way to the end, I thought it was like one of my favorite parts of watching any Halloween movie because, like, it gets a little like I, I don't know. It's a, kind of had like a goosebumps feel. It's just like yeah. it's all this like back and forth, and Michael Myers is going after her, and you know she, this when she's rolling under the tables. It's very like cat and mouse. Oh yeah, I I yeah. loved it. I thought and it was just empty. really. She empties out that drawer full of knives and there's like 30 knives on the ground and she's just whipping them out <laughs> and he's dodging and he, she stabs him and trying to like Tom and Jerry him or whatever, like on the wall or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His torso is like bending to avoid them. Wee, wee. Goes full Looney Tunes mode. That'd be funny. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned like Goosebumps. I, the, the movie, like for most of it, felt very much like closer in tone to like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I had like a 90s like yeah. horror TV show sure. kind of vibe, especially with like the all the all the teenagers at the school. It kind of had like Buffy vibes to me watching it, and I, and I love that show. Uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. Um, also wanted to mention as well too. I'm always fascinated with like how horror franchises uh, retcon things and change the timeline because, of course, um, the Halloween franchise is probably the one that really kicked it off because you know you have Halloween one and two. Two is a direct sequel to which introduces the idea that. Lori is actually Michael's sister and that and it kind of like throws it in if you're watching that movie the first time you might be surprised that like it's basically like a throwaway line in a visual reference and then it's like not really stated otherwise and then Halloween 3 is a total different movie in its own right um, and then you know they did those series of sequels with Jamie and, and and that but then they would all they would switch around with this and they would do it again later with the Rob Zombie films and also the David Gordon Green ones. A lot of a lot of examples of other horror franchises that do similar stuff. I mean, the Friday the Thirteenth movies, um, the first three or four are more or less kind of like a self-contained kind of thing, and then uh, they introduce you know Jason as like a paranormal zombie, and that changes a lot of stuff up. And you know he he's blown up. He's he's basically melted and part eight and part nine just shows up out of nowhere, all <laughs> bloated and greasy looking. And um, and I, I've been watching all the Saw movies recently, and I love what, what's so funny about the Saw movies is like in the first couple of Saw movies, some of the kills are like pretty brutal. I'm like I was watching it and I was thinking like some of these traps seem like very inconsistent. Like this, some of them seem like pretty easy or like fair, and some of them are just like brutal. And then I don't want to spoil too much of it, but like in one of the sequels, they actually retcon that because they're like, oh, that was a 
partner of Jigsaw who is more brutal and, and sadistic. And that's why <laughs> it's like that. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, here's all the inconsistency. We're going to patch that up. And like, it's like, man, Jigsaw's got a posse with him. I have no idea. He's got all these, like, he's got like an LLC. He's got an office and like stuff. No, not to that extent, but it <laughs> seems like they're always, they're always adding in layers and layers yes, from the past. And franchising opportunities with Jigsaw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jigsaw, Jigsaw worldwide, 5 million <laughs> t- tortures served. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I will say I don't really have too much to add to this movie otherwise, but I, I will say I really enjoyed the visual look of it. Um, I did I did kind of, it, for the first like maybe like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, it was kind of slow. Not a lot of stuff was, I wish yeah. there was a bit more Michael stuff happening, um, but the movie's not particularly long either. I think it's like sub 90 minutes too. So it was a quick watch. Yeah, it was um, quick. And I, it's a kind of, a, I don't want to talk about it really because it's kind of, I'll just be very vague reference to it because it's a, it's a spoiler uh, for the sequel, Halloween Resurrection, but I didn't know this, but the opening to Resurrection, a it's, it's a pretty shocking moment. I didn't realize that they had actually pre- prepared that when they were making this movie, and that was part of the conditions with actually Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis coming back for this movie. And that part, no, no, I, I read that after I watched this, and it kind of bummed me out because I I love the ending of this movie. And again, I'm trying to be vague on purpose because some people have might not have seen um Holly and Resurrection um but knowing that fact kind of like took the joy out of the ending a bit because the ending is so great and then you know the sequel kind of skewers the ending a bit in the opening um but uh I still enjoyed it for what it's worth and and again I, I think like uh Jamie Lee Curtis is so great in this the final sequence when she's you know going after Michael uh, I thought it was kind of emotionally compelling especially that scene when she closes the gate and yeah. breaks the the trap it's like you know, her protecting, you know, the, the, the movie has this very like incestuous psycho family drama vibe with Michael and his family and wanted to kill his sister. And it's like, you know, Laurie Strode, unlike Michael, wanting to protect and, and save her, her, her child and the other children and like, you know, making that severed link, like I'm going to go down in flames, take you with me. And I, I thought that was actually pretty emotionally compelling. And I also felt bad seeing, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, Adam Arkin as the, the, the other guy, the, principal or the teacher getting just like skewered in the gut and like i was okay with it his character served like no purpose and i kind of found him annoying. yeah he was so. just horny for jamie lee curtis yeah and, and she's like there to get killed she's like i never told you i'm Lori. i'm like wow you could have brought this up like on a different day or before this isn't really right. tough <laughs> weird role play to have you know on your romantic night together it's like, i'm gonna dump all my <laughs> trauma on you um and i also love the fake out with ll cool j where he gets shot <laughs> That I knew was so he wasn't funny. dead. I said to my girlfriend, "There's no way he's dead. He's going to come back and save her." Well, oh he yeah, and and he has the whole thing with like he's reading the erotica to his wife. He's writing like, I guess he's trying to come up with like erotica, and he's like reading to his wife the, his dialogue <laughs> he's writing, and she's like, "That's <laughs> that's dumb. That's not sexy at all." And he's like fixing it up. That's a pretty <laughs> funny gag. Yeah. Um. Anything else that you want to mention? I I mean, the movie to me it was it was good. I I just I to me. There wasn't a whole lot going on. Actually, I did want to actually mention some little bit of trivia as well too, because yeah, go ahead. I don't, um, I don't have anything else to add. Yeah, this, this uh, actually the, the the background of this movie, like it started, you know, of course, Halloween Six came out actually not many years before this one, and, and as a kid, I, I always thought that was weird. I always felt like Halloween Six and this one, the gulf between them was much longer as a kid. I don't know why, um, but no, it had only been like a couple of years that this one, um, they had actually started producing this as a direct sequel to Six, but then they decided, um, you know. They changed the script completely. Um, they had the idea of Laurie coming back, so they decided to change everything. Um, but John Carpenter was actually originally tabbed uh, to direct this one. 
Um, and especially because Jamie Lee Curtis uh, wanted to come back. And so she wanted to reunite the cast and crew. Uh, but apparently John Carpenter wanted like $10 million to direct the movie. Uh, because again, if you know the Halloween history, John Carpenter didn't make all that much money off the original Halloween movie. Right. And the second one, of course, he was a writer on it. He didn't uh, direct it, or at least I think he did some second, you know, work, but he didn't direct the full movie. But um um, when 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 a cod got the rights to it the movie you know as the years have followed made tons of money uh carpenter didn't see it didn't see a penny of that um so he even to this day he still is like kind of like a bit bitter about it and it's actually kind of funny now it's it's classic all the cons that he goes to and all the events especially recently because he's got a new little show coming out so he's been on on the talk show circuit and stuff like that uh whenever people ask him about like what do you think about like rob zombie halloween or like the new halloween he kind of gives like the glad hand he's like oh you know if, if you see a new Halloween movie, it means getting a check. And so, you know, everyone laughs. Yes. It's like, it's kind of true. He's like, he gets that like producer credit. And in the most recent ones, he did the music with his son. So, you know, he's just kind of like, I'm happy to get paid. And so I can go back to smoking weed and watching basketball, but you know, fair <laughs> exactly enough. Right. Um, but yeah, he was that. actually, uh, yeah, he was actually tabbed uh, originally to work on it. Um, and I think actually, I don't know if it was for this movie or the one before, but Carpenter had an idea for a, for a sequel to, Hall to Halloween he wanted to do Michael Myers in space. And they were like, <laughs> well, Jason hey, did it. And a man ahead of it. his time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Leprechaun did it. Jason did it. Um, kind of was like a bit of like a proto Jason X in a way. Uh, but it would have been kind of funny if they had done something like oh, that. Hellraiser did it too. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. Yeah. The one with the, the different timelines. Yeah, that's right. Wow, man. A lot of them have done it. Where, where, when's Chucky going in space? That's what I want to know. Get right? that doll up there. Put him in the space station or something. I, don't know. <laughs> I love Chucky. <laughs> and uh want to notice about well, too, until Halloween 2018, uh, this was actually the highest grossing film of the franchise. This movie made a lot of money. It was a big deal. Um, it was quite commercially successful. Yeah, it was um, it was right after it was I think it was like right after Scream because they were watching yeah. Scream on TV. So that was so weird. So it's like Halloween gets referenced in Scream, but the yeah. movie's also in Halloween, so it's like yeah, like right. a chicken and egg thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I think, that, I think that the popularity of the screen, a scream, um, helped. Yeah, kind of lifted the boat. Great, yeah. this lifted up. Yeah, that's true because I mean, this was also a Dimension Studios like Miramax film, and a lot of those movies all have a very similar style. And Kevin Williamson worked on them, mm -hmm. but um, there, there was kind of scream did help, kind of like a boom for other related horror movies like i think of like valentine urban legends there was that wave of slasher movies some of them were like even like directed tape directed dvd types that like really got bowied because of you know scream got everyone back in the theater oh, for horror yeah, and stuff um, like that. Like, final destinations yeah. similar thing too i think i'm guessing like wrong turn and a couple yeah of those. yeah those are good yeah and and even like and more recently like even with the halloween's uh especially like i think of like 2021 when Halloween, I think it was Halloween Kills came out. This came out, you know, right right at the, the peak of the pandemic and a lot of box office results were really bad. I remember when that movie came out, it was kind of like a lone beacon during the fall season. It was like, you know, no matter what horror and Halloween still draws a crowd, mm -hmm. uh, which is why, you know, they just ended the most recent trilogy. Michael Myers will return, right? Just like James Bond. He'll be back <laughs> in some form or something. And they're going to continue to milk it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's about it for me, I guess. I think uh also wanted to mention is there anything else I want to mention? Uh no, I th I think I think that's all. Um so I think we can get to our ratings then. Um I I'll maybe I'll mention Curtis. He actually gave this one a score. He gave it three out of five. Curtis said it's a silly but fun entry. Uh the title sounds like a chemistry test. I enjoyed <laughs> seeing a young Joseph Gordon Levitt as one of the victims. 
But Donald Pleasance is sadly missed. I do really like the aesthetic and vintage feel, though. A lot of red shirts and hammy acting. Um, yeah, really a big bummer about Donald Pleasance. He, I think he passed away when the last one came out. And uh, so, you know, wasn't in this, unfortunately. But would have been really cool if if Loomis had lived long enough to be in this one. Yeah, we, we got we got a voiceover. Uh, not a voiceover. We got a, like a voice bit. Uh, yeah, it's bit, not uh, him. Yeah, it's, and I don't think it was his voice. It's either. Tom Kane. That's it. It's, it's oh, guy, yeah. okay. I didn't think it was him. No, they just like did like the chef from South Park. They just like cut a bunch of audio together. <laughs> and, like, Evil rises again, Michael. You know, <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll give it a three stars out of five uh, for being a fun little slasher. I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm in line. I'm gonna go three as well. I actually really enjoyed. I was surprised because I've, I've heard a lot of people really slag this movie, like see how much they hate it, and I was kind of going in a little bit apprehensive. Um, you know, especially since this was the first one I remember coming out and like, I, I didn't see it, but I remember I've seen parts of it on TV over the years. And like, I, I, I wasn't sure, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the visual look of it was really cool. Um, I think for some people, this is kind of like a welcome back to the kind of more Halloween one, even, even more than Halloween too. Cause Halloween two is almost like going more like Friday the 13th full slasher gore mode. Yeah. This one's like a little bit reserved. It feels a lot more closer to Halloween. And I guess to a lesser extent Halloween four, a bit. Um, it, it has that kind of vibe to it. I like the setting change. Nice to have Jamie Lee Curtis back. I like the, I thought the cast were all really great. I even really like Michelle Williams too, as uh, as um, uh, John's boyfriend, uh, girlfriend. I thought she was really, uh, really cool. And I, she has like such a cool style to her. She, of course, she played Marilyn Monroe in a future movie, but she has such like a Monroe look. She's kind of a classic it, Hollywood it, look to her. Very easy on the eyes. And uh, the, I love the the sequence with the kids that get killed. Like she gets her like foot crushed in the the dun, dumb waiter yeah. and that yeah. must be a reference because i think was it halloween six or five has jamie and the dumb waiter going up there there's oh, a lot of like called remember callbacks and, and stuff like that to me that kind of reminded me a lot of the earlier films um so i, I like that and the little scene with janet lee was cool too um and the killer ending but i think like you know the first 40 minutes 50 minutes it's i was kind of like man this movie stinks it's kind of like a bad like buffy episode it's kind of yeah, not doing it the last, the last half hour made up for, for the me. characters were kind of dopey i was like oh and then the, the last half hour was so killer it was yeah. so good um and they, yeah that was great um yeah a lot of fun so overall we're a three out of five so um yeah definitely recommend if you haven't That's seen this good. one i know here in canada it's on shutter uh probably some some similar in the united states probably find it there or elsewhere so um, would definitely recommend it and probably at some point we'll talk halloween resurrection although i remember not liking that movie when i saw it as a kid so um I, i'll we'll have to see if that one holds up if i remember correctly that one involves a bunch of kids doing like a webcam almost like a proto youtube thing i wonder if maybe i'll like it now because i'm like oh it's techno horror it's pre-youtube <laughs> i'm gonna give it five stars out of five i don't know but uh, <laughs> uh we'll probably talk about that one at some jam. point yeah um but yeah so that that will come at some point um so this one wraps up our halloween season uh but horror never sleeps evil never sleeps here at the sea struck movie podcast uh we're gonna be talking some more horror stuff of course uh we've got curtis is really keen on doing bones and all it's one of his favorite movies in recent years uh so we're gonna be talking about that one next week that'll be some that'll be fun um i hope i could be on that I, that's that's right around my time on birthday but i will be there birthday or not i will be there 
And uh, we'll be getting back to our uh, Ridley Scott Watch series. We have a horror one coming up, actually, and that's Hannibal, the sequel to The Silence of the Lambs. Uh, so we'll be doing that and a few more of the uh, early to mid-aughts uh, Ridley Scott. I was looking at his filmography, actually, and I'm like, we're only like halfway. I'm like, oh, my God, Ridley's got so many fucking movies. Like, <laughs> where we barely got halfway, we still have to go through all of like The Martian. And like by the time we get to the end, Napoleon will probably have come out. And uh, maybe even the, that new one he's working on after Napoleon. What is it he's working on? Another um, Oh, Gladiator oh. 2 is coming out. That oh, one yeah. will probably already be out by the time we finish. So um, he's still making movies. He's old as hell. He's still cranking them out. So good on him. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll be uh, we'll be talking more of those and some cannon picks and stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, about wraps it up. Anything you want to mention or plug uh, there, Simon? Uh, not today. Cool, cool. All right, folks, stay spooky. Enjoy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Uh, cue the sound effects the, or whatever, you know, the, the spooky sounds compilation. <laughs> All right, folks. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. Silver <laughs> Shamrock. <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.